Hi everyone, welcome back to the FemFit Society podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, I'm your host Leah and today I'm so thrilled to be joined by Dr. Christina Migliara. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Doing fabulous. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. You have so many job titles, I don't even know where to start. (laughs) (laughs) Coach, business owner, mental health professional. You, of course, run a CrossFit affiliate as well, which we'll talk about. What, how do you describe yourself? If someone says, what do you do? What's the first thing that comes to mind? What don't I do? (laughs) I do what I feel. Um, I like being, you know, all things, business owner, gym owner, uh, mental health professional, mom, friend, all those hats. I wear many hats. You do. And there's so much to talk about in terms of all of these roles that you play in your own life, but in other people's lives as well. Uh, one of the things I kind of want to start because as you say you're a mental health professional and it that kind of feeds into everything else that you do in in many ways I'm sure but your kind of psychology background and where 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 did that passion spark from where did you find your kind of first interest in that do we even have enough time on this call for that (laughs) (laughs) um so okay I'll give you the cliffs notes version of that one um (laughs) It came on my radar just through my own personal journey when I was um, younger in high school. Um, That's when I first learned how to care for my mental health and didn't exactly know what I didn't know at the time. Um, So I took that journey um, well into even present day. And, you know, it's very much an active part of my daily routine. I didn't think about it um, for career-wise until I was second year in college and I panicked because originally I wanted to become a midwife and I was certain that that was going to be my, you know, just career goal until I realized I cannot handle needles and fluids and blood. (laughs) And that's quite problematic for someone who's going to be delivering babies. So, uh, I scrambled and I actually called my mental health mentor, um, which is what I refer to her as. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like two, two second year in college. And I was so certain. And now I'm so uncertain. And it was very panicked. And she said, you know, do what you want to do. And I said, well, I feel like I would love to make people or help people feel the way you've helped me and give that back. Um, and it just kind of clicked for me then. And I just pursued myself into psychology as like a, as an undergrad degree. Um, I was a lot more adventurous in my earlier ages, uh, in my youth. I really enjoyed working with mental illness particularly, uh, but then that sort of evolved as I matured and went into more marriage and family um, couples issues. My master's is in marriage and family therapy. And um, so I specialize in working with systems. That's just how my brain kind of works. And then I've added additional educational credentials from there. Um, So fitness came after mental health Mm. came first. Yeah, I I love that it's that way because I think a lot of people will almost have it the other way. They'll Mm -hmm. kind of find fitness and that will help mental health. and, And obviously we'll talk about how how they connect and and there's so much you've said about this that I've listened to and gone yes that's exactly 
exactly what I kind of want to proclaim or etc but I love that actually it was the other way around for you so at what point then did fitness did fitness come into it for you uh so once again it was my own personal journey um I've I've always been fairly athletic doing sports growing up um balanced a lot of like sports plus being kind of a little bit of a free spirit as well which was interesting to to be for that for a long time but fitness has had some part of my life being active and I never really found anything particularly outside of team sports that I any kind of fitness regimen that I liked um but I knew I had to do something because I was very uncomfortable after my second child and so I was just in search of something other than working out at home and going into these globo gyms using machines that were very overwhelming to me. Um, and that's kind of where I stumbled upon CrossFit. I really just thought I was going into some boot camp and I was just going to, you know, kick my butt and I would, you know, be healthy. Mm-hmm. And turns out that this boot camp was CrossFit and I've been with it now for a decade and I haven't ever thought of anything mm. other than that. And of course, you you own an affiliate now, and it's it's a, a massive part of your life in terms of all, all of the work you do. Did you ever think from going into that boot camp class that all these years later it would be as big a part of your life as it is? No, <laughs> I never even had a thought that I'd be a gym owner, that I'd be a coach. I was always like, hey, I'm a mental health professional. That's what I do. And this is just for my own health and wellness and and even... I wouldn't say it's a hobby, but at the time I would felt like it's, it feels like a hobby because it's something you do regularly. Um, but I have a rule that your, your fitness can't be your hobby. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> a hobby is a hobby and fitness uh-huh. is fitness. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, five years in five, five-ish years in that sort of changed for me professionally. And I started to put some things together and, you know, I try to think of myself as a reformed mental health professional. Once again, you don't know what you don't know. And then as you, you experience and you grow in your career and just in age and um, expanding, you know, your ability to, to see what else is out there and surround yourself by other professionals who have done different things, you get the opportunity to then get creative and say, okay, and I saw it from a different lens. Like I saw it, you know, because I had that mental health background. I was looking at it through mental health professional lenses, but then I could see the fitness side of things and why CrossFit was doing as well as it was. I just don't think that anyone else could see it through those shared lenses mm. the level that I have. Um, so it was very cool, but it was also you know, disheartening because I'm like, why don't more people know about this? And why don't more people see it this way? Because there's so many benefits we could really like when you say saving lives, like helping people take back control and really looking at health, like we could take this to next level. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's just an understatement if we understand the, the two of those pieces kind of coming together. Mm. I love that. And you said, obviously, it was after you had your second child and you were searching for something. Did you know again, having that background. And like you said, you had these kind of lenses that you knew something was going to help. Did you know that by finding some form of fitness that that was going to kind of help you in what you needed at that time? 
Yeah, I knew that I knew that, you know, there had to be some type of fitness out there that, you know, would be good for my own mental health. I understood that exercise is good for me. Um, you know, I understood the basics. I just had never used a fitness modality like CrossFit and seen some of the psychological components within how CrossFit is desi designed and its methodology, what that does for us psychologically. Um, I had never seen it done that way. And that was really the piece that was so profound for me mm -hmm. because I had just had a conversation with a cousin of mine who's like, yeah, I've been doing CrossFit. I lost all this weight. I'm feeling the best shape of my life. You should totally look into it. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go find one near me. And I'm like, if it can work for him, it can work for me. Mm -hmm. Didn't really put two and two together um, until I walked into the, to the CrossFit box and kind of looked around and observed and experienced it myself. Mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about a little bit about why CrossFit in particular has that element. But before that, for anyone, because to me, and I don't know if this is, you know, I've gone through mental health myself and I've found fitness as a, you know, an accessory to, to helping that. And I've experienced it myself. But for anyone that maybe hasn't had that experience or doesn't know, even though it feels like we talk about it quite a lot in society, why is exercise so good for our mental health and I know that that is not a simple answer because there is probably so much but if you could kind of summarize it briefly what would you say to someone if they were like I'm struggling with my mental health how's exercise going to help um I mean the simplest answer is it really just speaks to what we are fundamentally designed for um, so there's two things that we are born with that we're just primed right out of the gate to survive and to connect. And that'll play into a response to a question I'm sure you're going to ask me. But the reality of it is when you exercise, you are feeding into those primal needs. Our bodies are made to move. That's just how we were designed. We, I mean, the society and the culture we live in now is quite opposite of what we were even made to be doing. So this is why we're seeing a lot of the problems that we see mentally and physically. We're going against what is natural to us. We're not, we're not doing the organic things that humans are, are meant to do. Mm. So we need to be out. We need to, that fresh air. We need to exercise. We need to be around other people. So just you know, thinking about exercise in its different realms, whether it's with others, whether it's solo and outside and getting some fresh air um, and moving, you're speaking to the needs that, you know, your body is asking for and oftentimes we don't listen so that kind of speaks to the mind body connection that i'm very passionate about um because we get stuck on this autopilot syndrome because we're drowning in distractions right now just you know holistically speaking as a mm -hmm. as a culture and society um we have hormonal health the physiological changes that happen when you exercise exercise just you know speaks to the needs that you have, just the sheer hormone and brain chemistry that happens from actually exerting yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to release that dopamine, serotonin, you know, those different um, hormones that we have that make us feel good. So we essentially, the more fit we are, the happier we tend to be as a result of moving our bodies. So we're reducing that anxiety, we're reducing that depression, and therefore we're living healthier, happier lives. Um, not to mention our capabilities, our confidence, and some of those other pieces that come along with just being fit. We can move 
better. Um, we can do more functional things in life and that helps us to feel good because now we feel we are purposeful, we are capable. Um, and it just becomes this, you know, psychological, um, you know, positive circle of greatness that you just get caught up in. That was a very, very well articulated answer because. Sorry. No, I love it. Probably longer than you wanted. (laughs) Actually not at all. Because it seems, and I think obviously in the last, probably in the last decade in particular, mental health is spoken about a lot more and the positive effects of exercise and mental health. But I do think there's a gray area and some people still don't get it or still don't you know, the amount of people I've spoken to and I've been like, why don't you just go outside? Or it's, it's something that as much as we are learning it and it is becoming very, you know, known to everyone, there are still people that don't, you know, put two and two together, I suppose. And I know at the Coaches Congress, you, you spoke, and I think what a, what a place to speak (laughs) because an incredible event and what they're doing is, is so amazing. But you said something about the importance of bridging the gap between physical health and mental health and obviously you've you've explained it a little bit there but why is it so important that we do that because mental health is health and so for us to continue to see this in a dualistic you know um, as a dualistic concept as if these two things are separate is so archaic it's you know there's no evidence that suggests that the mind and body are separate um, that goes back, you know, long, long time ago. And, you know, we'd have to go into this whole historical, um, you know, exploration of how this is, a, has evolved when we think about mental health and where that even came from and why one, it's so siloed and stigmatized and two, how we kind of separated those two things out. Um, but if you're not talking about mental health as a part of health, which at some point I hope that we get to a place where we're not even talking mental and physical health, we're just talking health. Um, You're missing so much on the table. Like you're leaving so much possibility and potential out there. Um, And I've kind of made this argument utilizing the sickness, well fit continuum, you know, that CrossFit put out just because it's just an easy way to explain that, you know, if you're hitting all these markers, essentially the goal is to bring you from sick to well to fit and you can look at and observe specific things that can show you that you are healthy that you are more well and that you are fit well we can do that with our mental health in the same way but if we're not looking for those things if we're not observing and talking about those things then we're leaving that piece on the table and then we have to ask ourselves the question, are you actually well? Are you actually fit? Because I can tell you there are examples, and these are not examples that are, you know, that are unknown, where we've had really super fit people, quote unquote, and they're having complete mental breakdowns, right? Um, That's not a very fit person, in my opinion. I would make an argument there that, that we're not as quite fit as we thought. Now, should the needle be moving forward both mentally and physically, and we're seeing those markers go up, we're seeing improvements of overall well-being and life satisfaction, we're seeing reduction in depression, reduction in anxiety, we're seeing you know, a lot more of those types of things, 
also moving forward because we're addressing the barriers that are keeping us stuck, whether they're rooted in childhood trauma or adverse experiences or, you know, certain attachments that we've had or whatever the case may be, those those root cause issues that we've never addressed, that we've tried to compartmentalize, then, you know, we can't really say that. But if we're dealing with them along the way, then absolutely we can say, yeah, that person is well, that person Mm -hmm. is fit. So I've tried to explain that a little bit more as a way of showcasing that mind-body connection and how um, powerful and important it is and either keeping people sick or moving people towards being well. So if you're going to get people healthy and that is your goal and that is your mission, you cannot not talk about health and mindset, mental health and mindset. You can't. You just, I just don't see how you can. So hopefully we can bridge that gap and create some opportunity where we're bringing language and training and conversations and tools and resources into some of this work that we're doing and making it so that, you know, not just physical healthcare practitioners, such as your physicians and your PTs and, you know, your nutrition coaches and all those folks and your dietitians, but also your mental health professionals, your psychologists, your psychiatrists, um, your licensed mental health counselors and marriage and family therapists and social workers, all those folks, they also have a seat at that table and are part Mm -hmm. of that conversation. Because let me tell you something, they are some of the most amazing, smart, creative people I have ever talked to, and they can do some serious work. Because a lot of what we experience is very physiological, it's very somatic. And um, the body will hold on to things. So just trying to forget it doesn't work. Mm. It's so true. And I, I've done a lot of, you know, research into it like on a personal level for me. And it's when you hear it in that sense of actually everyone in society and how you do bridge that gap, it's, it's, it just makes me want to write it all down and be like, I want to just share this with every single person I know. <laughs> and of course, it's not just CrossFit that can benefit your mental health any any form of fitness any form of exercise we are really pushing it out but obviously CrossFit is is your jam is a lot of your life and your business and I'm thinking this is maybe the question you thought I was going to ask why do you think CrossFit in particular is so beneficial to mental health there's that question (laughs) um so the things that I I saw and do see in CrossFit and its methodology and just in how it's structured. It really comes down to um, those two basic needs that I mentioned earlier and being able to create the social psychology that happens as a result of what happens when you walk into a CrossFit gym, a typical CrossFit gym and how it's designed. Um, Speaking to that, you know, primal need to survive, right? We're doing high intensity functional fitness right there, doing hard things, challenging ourselves, being able to see our capabilities, pushing ourselves to get to a place where we are fit and we are functional. That is a need for us. And when we start to get into the rhythm of doing that enough, we create this momentum towards our change and we start to see our fitness go up physically. That's one piece of it that definitely speaks to us and why I think people do well. There, you know, nobody can deny the results. 
you walk into a CrossFit gym and the vast majority of people, if you're doing it, even if you're doing it like at like somewhat of a good, in a good way, like you're going to see results, right? Mm -hmm. It's really hard to fail at CrossFit. You have to like really not be trying. And so you've got that, which people like to see. They want to see results. They want to feel better. Um, the same physiological changes that happen with the body that you get with the hormones and the feeling good after you've accomplished something, all of that, all the mental health benefits there. Accompany that with the second thing that we are need, in need of, which is connection. We are made to connect with others. We have to. We have always been designed to be part of a tribe. And so when you're working out with others, besides the fact that we know you are a lot more likely to push yourself to do better when you're around people who are more fit than you, you're less likely to give up when you are working amongst others than if you're by yourself. So you've got that psychological piece. So you're only going to push yourself more to do harder things, which is a great thing. Um, you get the benefit of being around other people who share something in common with you. You have a common goal of trying to be better and they're there to support you, the support of the coach, the support of the community. That piece is so profound and so impactful. I mean, it's just unlike, and CrossFit does community better than any other type of fitness modality I've seen, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I've made tons of relationships and friendships through CrossFit. Um, so you've got the social psychology piece that's really helpful through the connections that you make with others. You've got the physical piece and the physiological piece that comes about of that. You put that all in one spot. I mean, it's just magic. It's just pure magic. And then think about all of the psychology that is happening around the building of confidence, right? I've got someone telling me that I'm doing a good job, pushing me to be better, holding me accountable. Then I do the thing that they told me to do. I see myself do it. And now I feel like, oh my gosh, they were right. Now I feel better. And I did the very thing that I didn't think I could, but give me the right people, the right environment, the right setting, you know, AKA the methodology. And now I'm doing things. There goes my, you know, self-esteem. There goes my confidence, you know, overall well-being just skyrockets. And now I feel good. Mm -hmm. So these are things that you find in, in a CrossFit gym that you're not going to find elsewhere. I completely agree. Do you think, not that I am pro-CrossFit all the way, do you think that it can ever be too much on someone's mental health? As in, if I, I've met people before, and I suppose even from a personal level, you can get too invested almost. I don't know if, if that makes sense, but in terms of you end up pushing yourself to a degree where the comparison's too much, or maybe the community gets a little bit clicky sometimes. But do you ever think that that that's a that that can be a negative thing if someone gets too far in does that make sense sure i think that anything could be a negative mm -hmm. when there's too much so <clears throat> as an addiction specialist um having worked with that population for many many years i can tell you that too much of anything is not a good thing so there's always that other side, right? And we have to find the balance. This is where it becomes key for the CrossFit gym culture owner, um, really the owner, right? Because it starts with the leaders by design, their staff, and then the culture that they've created within their gym. 
you've got to be on top of that so that you're not creating clicks, right? So that you aren't creating and you're mitigating some of those unhealthy behaviors and comparisons. If the culture is that of overall health and we're talking, right? We're having conversations. It's in our newsletters. It's in our events and how we speak as coaches, how we speak with our community, the things we hear and when we, you know, do we intervene and, and kind of correct those things or do we just allow it? What you create and tolerate tells people how to treat you. So if there's clicks, then you've allowed that. If there's over comparison, you've allowed that. You know, having a good rapport and an intricate relationship with your members is really important. And, and that's that requires you to be involved as an owner. It requires constant coach development. You know, that's a great opportunity when you can, because they're extensions of you. So a good coaching staff understands mental health. They understand mindset. They're trained. There's a lot more that goes into their training and they're developing ongoing development through not just learning about how to be a level one, a level two, a level three, but those continuing education components and trainings that you involve in your staff meetings and, you, you know, developing them so they can also have those conversations um, within the gym. So if I hear something like that, for example, I mean, I'm pulling that person off to the side and I'm having a conversation. I don't care if it's 30 minutes or an hour, but we're going to, we're going to sort through that um, because we don't talk like that here. And I'll say things and I'm like, Hey, that's negative. We don't talk like that here. Mm -hmm. Let's reframe it. And I'll just, you know, use my own tool with them. Um, it becomes fun because now everyone starts to like catch each other. <laughs> Coach, you said something negative. And I'm like, yes. okay, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so it's, there's ways to not make it so serious, but it really comes down to how you allow your environment to, to be. And this is why coaches should go to the coaches Congress. Cause they'll learn things <laughs> like that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and talking of you, of course, run a, a CrossFit box, but you also have other businesses for anyone that, that wants to work with you. What is it that you guys offer? Let's plug it. <laughs> Let's get it out there because, as I say, it's so so important that that people can learn from from people such as yourself. Yeah. So, um, you know, being a gym owner and um, a mental health professional with our particular facility, we're actually an integrative healthcare facility. So we have everything under one roof. We have mental health counseling. We have our CrossFit gym, physical therapy, sports chiropractic, and healthcare. Um, so we really believe in treating the whole person, nutrition, et cetera. Um, and we talk about all those things in the gym with our, with our members. So in addition to that, you know, part of wearing both of those hats is coming out and speaking to people because I believe in, you know, this model of care and how important it is to integrate mental health with physical health and what we're trying to accomplish within the gym setting whether it be a CrossFit gym or some other type of boutique fitness, you do really need to have an understanding of mental health and it can be extremely beneficial in the work that you do with your clients. So I teamed up with um, Nicole Acoin at HSN um, and I uh, developed a mental health and mindset course specifically for gym owners and coaches. And it's basically a general overview on mental health and mindset there are some additional pieces that people can get involved in as well. Um, and essentially equipping the basics for gym owners and coaches on how to bring this into their gym so they can make this much more of a, um, 
you know, conducive environment for people to train in. I think it'll help with retention. I think it helps with engagement. I think it helps with morale and culture. Some of those pieces that you were talking about are definitely barriers that I think gym owners and coaches face. And this is a great way to kind of mitigate that. Um, so that course is available and it is CrossFit CEU approved for seven hours. Um, so I, I'm really thrilled that she and I were able to partner on that and, and produce this amazing course and opportunity for people. So that's definitely one way to uh, get involved if you are interested in leveling up your, your gym and your business and your skills uh, that you won't get anywhere else because mm -hmm. that's just not something that people are, are offering. Um, and then I've been lucky enough to, you know, seek out and work with other people uh, like Lindsay um, from Compete for a Cure. And we're now doing something similar um, on a 12-week program where we will work with um, survivors from uh, breast cancer to be able to do some mindset work with them as well through their journey and help them to, you know, um, work through some of that identity that they are facing as they deal with changes and challenges. And we're excited about that opportunity as well. So a, a very strong collaboration to very amazing ladies collaborating on, on that. And I want to move to where you are because your gym sounds like the dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, come visit anytime. I definitely will. The facility sounds amazing. And I'm going to let you go soon. But something that I really wanted to touch on, particularly, you know, we really hope we've got a lot of women listening to this. And I think as women, we are very good at putting other people and other things first and before mm. ourselves. And you talk a lot, as I, I said to you before we, we started recording, I did such a deep dive on your Instagram because I was like, save, save, save. There was so much. But, of, you know, you mentioned you're a wife, a mother, a business owner, so many hats you wear. And you, you constantly kind of reiterate, no, I, I need to put myself first and I need to put my mental health first. For anyone listening who doesn't do that, why and I know we've touched on a lot of these reasons throughout this episode, but but why is it so important to put that first and put yourself first? If you're not putting yourself first, then you can't possibly show up for others in the best way possible. So think about it like um, I it's a classic metaphor of using the cup. You can't give from an empty cup. So you have to fill yours before you can then go start and try to fill others. And that requires constant refilling because it's not just a one and done. It's a maintenance program. Um, I kind of refer to this in a lot of the work that I talk about as a mental health hygiene routine. And that's essentially part of your day to day. So the things that I do to keep myself my best are literally ingrained in a part of how I've structured my day and my routine. Um, some of those are very physical things that have profound mental health benefits to them. Um, but they're contributing to your mental health hygiene overall. You can't give what you don't have. So I tell people all the time, you know, you're out there trying to give someone love or be a good coach or be a great, you know, spouse or whatever it is. And here you are giving yourself none of those things, or you don't believe those things about yourself, or you've never done those things for yourself. I find it very hard to believe you to be convincing of telling me to do something when you can't even do it for yourself. So I'm not the type of person that's going to buy in from someone who's going to be like, yeah, yeah, you should do these things. And I'm like, uh, and you do what? You don't do those things? Nah, I think I'd rather go find someone who practices what they preach. 
which mm-hmm. is why I'm do that for myself because I, I believe that. So I believe that if someone was to question me about what I'm doing, I want to be able to say, I absolutely do these things. And I can say, I absolutely do these things. Mm-hmm. And it's a proven model that you feel your best when you do these things. And not only does everyone get the best version of you, but you get to be the best version of you. And that's most important. It really is. And as you say, it is so, so important. And I love how much you talk about that because people forget. And as you say, you know, a one and done, I do think people will go, oh, I put myself first for a week. I'll, I'll go back to how I was then. But it's not like that at all. And it is really a continuous thing. Well, I, I can thank you. I really could ask so many more questions, but I won't, I won't keep you. Uh, there is one question that I'm going to be asking everyone. Uh, I know you have, you obviously have had such an incredible few years building up this business and so much with CrossFit and everything, but what are you personally looking forward to within the next 12 months? Oh, wow. Me personally. So I won't use fitness as, um, or business as a response, but Personally, I'm looking forward to uh, taking some more time to travel a little bit more, uh, not for business, but for pleasure. So, love that. Well, I hope to maybe see you at some point during them travels. <laughs> we'll make it non businessy. But thank you so, so much for all the advice and the stories. And for any listeners, we're going to put everything that Christina does in the show notes so you can follow her and get all the advice day to day but thank you so very much it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me I appreciate the opportunity